to the Travel Squad podcast. We adventure the world together, one passport stamp at a time. We're here to share travel news, tips, and our own adventures with you. Every Travel Tuesday, we share stories on a variety of topics, including our hometown, San Diego, hiking, weekenders, national parks, international getaways, and inspiring you to go on your own adventures, even if it starts with your own backyard. I'm Jamal. Brittany. And I'm Kim. And And we're we're the the Travel Travel Squad Squad Podcast. Podcast. So grab your ticket and your passport. And don't forget your travel insurance. And prepare for takeoff. Hello, fellow travelers. Hey, squaddies. Welcome to this week's episode of the Travel Squad Podcast. Today, we're dreaming up a whole episode dedicated to bucket list trips we want to take. We haven't been to any of these places, so if you have, please reach out to us on Instagram at Travel Squad Podcast and give us your best tips and recommendations. This episode was actually inspired by a fellow squatty who reached out to us on Instagram and asked specifically for us to do this episode. And I have been super excited and pumped while outlining. We actually outlined this all separately, so it's not something that we discussed. We just knew that Kim was going to pick three, Jamal was going to pick three, I was going to pick three, and then we're going to have a group pick as well. And so it makes it really exciting to record this episode because we haven't really discussed this. We've kind of just like skimmed and outlined this. I'm really excited because some of my favorite episodes that we have for you guys are more natural ones where we're just really having a conversation. Our episodes are geared towards that way, but sometimes I feel like as we're going to be discussing this list, and as Brittany said, we really haven't talked about what we chose with each other. It's going to feel a little bit more natural. We're going to have a nice little flow, and it's almost like talking amongst ourselves, but obviously with you guys here sharing the experience with us. And those are some of my favorite episodes that we produce for you guys. And I think any person on earth, whether they're a traveler or not, obviously has a bucket list destination or destinations of where they want to go. Clearly the traveler does. And here we are, a group of travelers here, and I cannot wait to get in this episode and share with you guys where these final destinations are for our bucket list oh, places. Final destination. Well, I mean, <laughs> we came up with three each, so these are clearly our top three. So there are other locations truly that are on the bucket list. But I mean, if they're making this list for us, these are like the musts, right? So final in that sense, not as in last places will go, Kim. You know, when you say bucket list, you think like the most amazing trip that you have to take before you die. But the more we travel and do bucket list trips, the more your bucket list grows. Mm -hmm. This is very true. And I'm glad that we're doing this episode because if it's a place you really, really want to go, use this episode to inspire you to book that trip and go. One trip that was always on the top of my bucket list was to go to the full moon party in Thailand. I saw tons of videos and blogs about it and I wanted to go so bad. I went back in 2018. It was the best trip of my life. I absolutely loved it. I'm so glad I did it when I did it. Because you were under 30. (laughs) Exactly. And I don't regret it whatsoever. And I'm just so happy that I could take that bucket list trip and scratch it off my list. You're so correct because anytime that you have a bucket list destination, I kind of use air quotes on that, right? But anytime you have a list or place that you really, really want to go, when you finally get there and accomplish it, It's such an incredible feeling. I remember one of my bucket list destinations, it's checkmarked off, was an African safari. 
We went to South Africa, Zimbabwe, Eswatini, and we did safaris, saw some big game, the lions, giraffe, elephant, etc. But I'll tell you what, my first rhino sighting, and that was the first animal we saw in one specific park. I couldn't even believe it because unfortunately they are endangered as we know. I literally started to tear up and cry a little bit. Not really weep, but I'm man enough to say I got a little teary out on that because it was such a fulfillment in my life to be like, oh my God, like I'm really, really here. And I loved it so, so much. Yeah, I remember looking over at you, Jamal, and you know, there was that single tear coming down from your eye. You're like, it's just so beautiful. It was, it was. And the irony was, and this is how lucky we are. That was my first safari, like true safari ever been on in Africa. And guess what we saw first? A fucking rhino. I mean, how can you go wrong on that? That was, oh my God. I I, Words can't even describe. Talking about it now is just making me really happy. And uh, I want to get a little happy tear out. So we have several different destinations on this list. I wanted to start off with USA because as I was thinking, I thought about a ton of, you know, international destinations. And I thought we founded this podcast on exploring your own backyard too. So I wanted to dive into US as well. And Kim actually told us that she was thinking of a US destination. She told Jamal and I to think of one too, because our list is primarily international and she hasn't shared it with us. So we're going to hear all together what Kim's US destination bucket list item is. I'm so fucking intrigued. We need a little drum roll for this. (laughs) Drum roll, please. That's the best drum roll I could do. I'm ready for it, Kim. Hit me. All right. Bucket list destination slash experience is the Kentucky Derby. Kentucky Derby. You know, when you told me you had something, I was expecting a little bit more, but I do like your choice, though. Kentucky Derby. You're throwing me a wild card here. You're going to get a little mint julep going on. Mint julep. So I do want to see Kentucky. I want to do the bourbon trail. I want to do that whole thing. But the Kentucky Derby dates back way into American history. It's the hats. It's the opulence. It happens every May. I looked up tickets. They're quite expensive. How much are you talking? So to go into the center of the field where they have raging parties, like it's insane night and day from the luxury of one side to the inside pit, which is like mud wrestling and Budweiser. It's insane. I want to see both. I don't want to be there, but I want to see it. So that ticket will go maybe 60 to 100. If you want to sit anywhere, you're going to probably be looking at at least 500 bucks. Oh, wow. Okay. But I want to do that. The big ass hat, the outfit, and it's not just a one day thing. They actually have like a week of different events. The whole town is popping off for this event and you have the like Southern old money mm-hmm. experience. The real aristocrats. Yes. Merca. Yes. <laughs> I love well, a I, good choice. That's a curveball there, Kim, but I like it. I was going to say it's a curveball. I wasn't expecting that <laughs> out of you, but I like it. So my bucket list item in the USA, and I feel like Kim, this probably would be like a backup to you, but it is going to Havasu Pie Falls oh, in Arizona. Oh, that's a good one. Yes. And so, I mean, I think it rings true to me and what I really like to do, which is hike and be in nature. And it is a 10 mile hike to get down there um, into the canyon area. But when you're down there, you get to camp and there's a ton of different waterfalls. The lakes are blue green. They are the most gorgeous colors you've ever seen. And it's very permitted. So 
only a few people can go each year. They actually did close it down during COVID. I don't know if they've reopened it back up, but that's been on my list for a while now. And I know it was previously on Kim's too. And so that is the one that I would pick as my bucket list USA experience. That's a really, really good one. For me, I would have to say my U.S. experience, and I guess, you know, not to say America isn't a great country in terms of scenic beauty and just overall all around, right? However, obviously, any traveler, I think, always looks at international places. So I really had to think about like, oh, USA, where is it that I really want to go? Like U.S. cities, I've been to the major ones and they are what they are, but I appreciate nature more. So I really racked my brain around this and I thought to myself, how epic would it be to do not every national park, although that is on the bucket list to do everyone, but specifically here, taking an RV, more particularly an Airstream, and going to some of the most scenic national parks, maybe Sequoia, Yosemite, Yellowstone, Grand Teton, working my way to the East Coast and the national parks out there, and really doing an RV trip that would take a month and a half, two months, where I'm really doing nothing except road tripping, waking up in nature in my RV and Airstream, having my morning cup of coffee, looking at whatever mountain range of the day. And I think that would be the most ideal thing, traversing America that way and experiencing its natural beauty in a really, really relaxed state where I have absolutely no rush or anything to do. I think that's like beautiful. I might cry thinking about it like the rhino. (laughs) That would be really, really amazing too. Cross country in an RV, seeing all the national parks. Wow. Yeah, Jamal and I have been playing with the idea of purchasing an Airstream in our future. And so this would be really awesome because they're like second homes and they have some really awesome specs to them, like the showers and the beds and like the closet space if you get really fancy with them. So it's like a mini home on wheels. And to just wake up in these really awesome national parks with great scenery, like I can't even fathom waking up in Grand Teton, just looking at the mountain range at sunset and just seeing all those beautiful colors that would be amazing just my morning cup of coffee seeing that view is exciting to me like the morning cup of coffee maybe spike it but that evening (laughs) evening cocktail what during sunset or glass of wine just epic in that location you can really like little house it up with Mm -hmm. super cool like Some of these interiors are better than my house. I know. Some of them are just there. I'm like, I would live there. I'll sell my house. I'm really excited to get into our main ones other than just USA. But before we move on to that, I do want to say Brittany and I have had the crazy conversation of renting out our home, buying an Airstream, and even here in San Diego, (laughs) just living in the Airstream and renting this out and just staying in there. And then, oh, we want to go on a trip. Oh, let's just uh, attach the car and uh, move our home. (laughs) Sounds great to me. Do it. I'm ready to. All right. So I will kick us off with international. And this is one I've talked about for a long time. I want to go before I die to Egypt. It's a good solid choice. You know, ancient ruins get me going. Mm -hmm. I bet you those three pyramids would really get you going, Kim. And the Sphinx. Put me out. Yeah, I know. (laughs) I mean, it doesn't get more ancient than this. It is amazing. It dates back to different parts in Egypt. We're going like all the way back to like 1400 BC at some of these temples. Obviously, the pyramids of Giza. I mean, 
people only dream of going there. And I have a dream of riding a camel in front of the pyramids, getting that iconic shot and just taking it all in and just like stepping where people have lived thousands and thousands and thousands of years ago and with a woman ruler, nonetheless. Miss Cleopatra. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. She seduced the leader of Europe, Mark Anthony, by the way. They became lovers. You know this. I'm sure of it. But let me ask you a question, Kim. You say you want the photo and experience of riding a camel in front of the pyramids. We rode a camel in Dubai. <laughs> it's very fucking uncomfortable. It, it's scary, too, when they get down and you, up. <laughs> you're ready to ride another camel out here. Is I it for the shot picture. or you want to do it because I mean, it's in Egypt? It's an amazing experience to ride a camel in a desert. And I think amongst the background of these ancient pyramids would just blow my mind. Well, we need to do a squad trip, maybe even a gate one to Egypt, mind you, by the way. I've been looking at gate one because Egypt, I mean, it's going to be a complicated place for me as an English speaker only to visit. I don't speak Arabic. I imagine it's very hard to get around just like Lebanon and Dubai kind of are. I would love to do a gate one tour. It comes with a cruise on the Nile River. Ooh, that sounds really fancy. I would love to do that. I know that this was Kim's pick, but I would love to do this because it's one of the seven wonders of the ancient world. Amazing. I mean, it's kind of like Chichen Itza, where it's like one of the seven wonders. You got to get to them all. Piece of history. And this is also um, some parts of it are UNESCO World Heritage Sites. The Luxor Temple, where kings became gods Oh, in 1400 BC. You know, one place that's not in Cairo, where we expect to see the pyramids, obviously, and obviously you're talking about Luxor and everything. One of the ancient wonders that doesn't exist anymore is the library and lighthouse of Alexandria and all the knowledge and history that was there before it burnt down. I mean, this is truly a civilization that really sparked the beginning of mankind in a way in terms of like technology, thought process, things of that nature. And it's crazy to just see that in person or I can imagine because I haven't been there too. So it is on my bucket list as well, but a very good first one to start us off here, Kim, because I want to go to Egypt also and squad trip for sure. We have to. And, you know, looking at the Gate One tours too, they're not that out of possibility. I think they were about 2500 with your flight. That's not bad. And when you think about you can make payments on that over a period of time leading up to the trip, mm-hmm. like that's doable. And I want to do it here in the next five years. Let's do it. I'm ready. So before we move on, how do you think they built those pyramids? Aliens. <laughs> I don't think slaves like they said. I mean, I don't even know. I mean, where did they carve those stones? Where did they get it from? How did they bring it hundreds of miles away? If it wasn't aliens, there is an ancient technology that humans have that we've either lost or the powers that be have suppressed from us. I mean, there's no other way to describe it. I mean, that's it. And that's what I love so much about ancient ruins like this, Chichen Itza, Inca. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just like you can't imagine how could they have done this all those years ago. Right. Exactly. When we could barely do that stuff today. We can't do that stuff today. (laughs) really yeah so you have to see it to believe it and i want to see it i know you said before we move on and you had that question i have one more before we move on because i don't want to spend too too much time on egypt i do want to get through this list but uh have you heard the theory that they aren't even really resting places and tombs of the pharaohs that they were truly power plants and they actually generated power and electricity through those pyramids that is a legitimate theory that people have that's insane but you know what's crazier is like To this day, they're still excavating tombs Mm -hmm. with sarcophagi. And and, mummies and everything, yeah. And so to see that in person 
is just like an experience that you don't get every day that I need to have. Well, Kim, send us the invite when you go and we might add on to this trip. 2024. <laughs> Let's do it. So number two on our list is actually one of my bucket list picks, and it's the Uganda Gorilla Trek. This is a 10-day wildlife exploration. And, you know, I actually first heard of this while we were on one of our Gate 1 trips. I think Jamal was telling me about it, that he came across it. And we were talking to some other Gate 1 travelers while we were on a trip, and I was convinced that I had to do this. And I did some more research on it, and I looked at the Gate 1 video, and let me tell you, if you haven't looked at that Gate 1 video on the Uganda Gorilla Trek, definitely give it a watch. It is so inspiring. What I love about this trip is you go to so many different national parks and you spend a lot of time in nature. It's a little bit more of an intimate guided tour and trip with more boutique hotels and stays and very nature focused. So it goes to a lot of game drives. We go down a cruise on the Nile and we will be going to some forests and doing some hikes with primates. So I'm super pumped about this trip. Yeah, I'm really excited about this one. So it's on the list because we haven't done it yet, but we are going to be doing this one very shortly in the near future. So I'm excited to put that check mark off right by it. But can you imagine just traversing the jungles of Africa and going to see gorillas, which are critically endangered in their natural habitat? I mean, we're not talking about a zoo. We're talking about a whole expedition to go do some hiking up into the mountains and come across them. I mean, this is just going to be epic. Yeah. Well, scary. Sure. I can see that. I mean, you don't want to mess around with them. They could maybe even really kill you (laughs) if you want to do something crazy to them. But what I know that they do, because this trek and expedition to see the gorillas is almost how the Peruvian government regulates Machu Picchu. You need special permits. They only allow so many people to do it a year. As a matter of fact, every guided tour that you do, they actually have a wildlife ranger that accompanies you on it also. So it gives you that little bit of added extra safety and it's not like it's just flooded with people doing it. But they only take you to, I think, like three or four different gorilla tribes or troops i don't know what the official name is of a family unit that they have but these ones are the ones that are acclimated to humans actually seeing them so it's a little bit more safe in that sense they're not taking you to any family units that don't really see or have humans encounter them so they're acclimated in a sense but they are still very much wild yeah i mean just think about this trip morning game drives where we're going to see big game animals we're going to be hiking in the jungles we are going to be seeing some of the most amazing using waterfalls and doing some cruises on the Nile. I literally cannot wait for this trip. We did book it. And so we will very shortly be putting that check mark in. And I am so excited that we're making this bucket list trip a reality. I'm excited for you too. That sounds like it's right up your alley. I'm keeping my fingers crossed for you guys that this one will happen. And uh, you know, nothing, nothing goes wrong there. But yeah, I mean, What an experience. Where the hell else can you experience something like this? Nowhere else. Gorillas are only in that small little region of the world left. So only there. And I am so, so excited about this. Again, can't wait to put off that check mark. But number three is one of my picks coming in here. I'm sure we all probably want to go here, but this one is really high up on my list. It's going to be going to the Maldives, the beautiful island chain in the middle of the Indian Ocean that's famous for its crystal clear waters, snorkeling, more particularly 
over water bungalows. And you、mm-hmm. want to know why I really want to go here? One beyond the scenic <laughs> beauty is because, as you know, if you are a frequent listener, Brittany loves to do major trips in terms of lots of activity, hiking or on the go, easy days. Yeah, air quote, <laughs> easy days. You can't get much more relaxation than here in the Maldives. I really want to do a vacation. And Brittany kind of gave me one when we went to the Virgin Islands. I won't deny this. But, and Tulum. And, well, We were up and moving all around and driving all sorts of places, you know, <laughs> two and a half hours away. There's nowhere to go. This island is very, very small. You're stuck to your bungalow, and I can't wait for the true RR and that sense of things. I support this trip. I do want to go because it feels so luxurious、mm-hmm. and so private and just relax. There's probably going to be no more than 100 people on that island. And by that, I mean tourists and guests, obviously with workers and everything. But these are very, very small islands. Probably each island has no more than 50 huts. There's usually two people to a hut. So that's what I mean, like 100. And there's a lot more exclusive ones with less units than that, quite honestly. Yeah, I've actually been looking into going to the Maldives. Few things have gotten me the seafood. I know, Kim, you love seafood. Oh, yeah. But you're、no. going to love it here, by the way. The all inclusiveness <laughs> of that. Being able to eat, drink, stay just right on the water, that's amazing. I would love a bungalow with a deck to lay out on and that has a like swimming pool or hot tub, but then also has a ladder that go- gets you down into the ocean that you can just go out for a nice swim for. I'd also like it to face the sunset. So you could just like lay on the deck or lay in your bed and just watch the sunset while you're there. And like I said, I've done some research and there are some islands there that have underwater spas and underwater restaurants that you can Ooh, visit. That sounds amazing. So it could get real pricey out there. It's an expensive place in general, no doubt, but they can cater to the extremely opulent and wealthy or to, I don't want to say the budget traveler because you're really not going to find that. But、uh, more affordable than those other crazy places. But rest assured, I want to get to a place that's very, very isolated. I mean, this is an island chain out in the middle of the Indian Ocean and a lot more isolated than places that you'll go out into the ocean, like Tahiti, Hawaii, even for that matter. So, real, real isolation and just peace and serenity out here. Yeah, I mean, the most wild you can get is like windsurfing or parasailing. But other than that, you're going to be relaxing, going to the beach, swimming, snorkeling, paddle boarding. I know it takes a long time to get here. So, ideally, how many days would you stay? Because of the journey, I would say I would probably want to spend five to seven days in the resort itself. I don't know if I would get tired of doing nothing for five、right. to seven days, but I don't think so. I think if you go with somebody you love and who、yeah. you want to be with, it's going to be a really great opportunity to just really relax and connect on a different level because there is nothing to do but relax. Read a book, go to the、mm. beach, hang out on your deck over the ocean, or just go for a swim, do that relaxation. But、uh, I think all in all, this is the most ideal trip that I could think of in terms of rest and relaxation. Another place that I really, really want to go to is Australia. It's so far away from the US that it just makes me want to go there that much more. I think the journey to get there is at least 24 hours, probably、mm-hmm. more with layovers and whatnot. And, you know, because it will take so long, like the Maldives, I would want to stay at least a week, maybe even two weeks, because it's such a big island, too, to explore all of it. Yeah, it's huge. New Zealand's not that far, so maybe even add that on. Who knows? But I think just about Australia, it's so, so different from the United States. Even though it's an English speaking country, that would make it easier to navigate. It's literally the other side of the world. 
And I would want to go when it's our winter, like January time. So we hit the Australian summer, can really enjoy the beaches. You want it to be hot as fuck out there, Kim? I want to literally live the beach life in Australia (laughs) in the summer. Yes. I like the heat. I want to be on the beach. On the beach, I could see that. Out in the outback, though, no, that might be a little too much. I'm but not you, going to the outback. Then why are you going to Australia? You got to see. You're talking about completely different. I mean, yeah. I mean, not a lot of people really realize this. I mean, clearly, we hear the Australian outback, but you can do safaris out in Australia and in the outback. It literally is Aus- like the See, African safaris bush. are your guys' thing. I'm more of a beach person. So you don't want to see a kangaroo in its element? Oh, I do. And here's the thing. We can go to Lucky Bay, which is in Western Australia's Cape Le Grand National Park. There are kangaroos all over the beach. Oh, that's right up your alley. So we could be laying on the beach, sunbathing, kangaroos right next to us. But what about the koalas? Oh, I definitely want to see koalas. I want to hold them. I want to love them. What about spiders and snakes and crocs? I will have to pass on those. Okay. I I don't want to see those in my bucket list (laughs) trip. But another place I really, really want to go, you'll see this all over pictures of Australia, is Bondi Beach. There's this huge lap swimming pool that runs up right against the ocean. It's actually a swimming club that dates back to the 1920s, but it's iconic, and I really want to swim in this pool. I also really want to snorkel the Great Barrier Reef. That'd be super cool. I would be so down to do that. You got to get there. It's actually going through its death and bleaching right now in certain locations. So quite, quite sad. And another reason why I was really excited about Africa and the gorilla trek, and I don't mean to kind of go back and get off Australia, but a lot of these places are on it because I don't know if the next generation growing up will have these things to see. And I think the Great Barrier Reef might even be one of them. I know. They've been saying that for a while now. And, you know, when we went on the Inca Trail hike that we did that's a bucket list type of trip oh fuck yeah it is not even just going to Machu Picchu doing the hike yes and so what got our engines going on that is the talk that they were going to close it because it's you know wearing down from tourism so we're like we need to go now we might not have this chance it's still open you know Mm -hmm. six years later four years later whatever it is and so this is the same thing the Great Barrier Reef it's just amazing what's down there like it's snorkeling like no other I think snorkeling would be really cool, but can you imagine diving down there and seeing even further down? Some of the most insane marine life you'll ever see right there. I really want to see that. And then one other place in Australia that really, really catches my eye is a place called Lord Howe Island. It's a UNESCO World Heritage Center. They only allow 400 visitors at a time. It's these amazing, beautiful, oceanic, volcanic islands that have formed. They're super green. It's like gorgeous, 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 beautiful. Gives me Thailand vibes. I want to go there. I want to see that. I want to be one of the few people on the island at the time to experience nature with myself. Beautiful. I just Googled images of Lord Howe, and it almost looks like a little bit of Tahiti and Bora Bora, almost like that volcanic chain that creates just a circle. So you have the darker blue around, but inside the lagoon areas that clear pristine blue and i'm impressed by that i don't know how far off the coast it is because i just googled it as you're talking about but i'm i'm sold on australia in general it's on my (laughs) list too of a place i really really want to go but that just was like whoa i want to see that and not only how beautiful it is but only 400 visitors a day so you're going to have a lot of it to yourself that's amazing and i imagine if you don't go during a really busy time there might not even be that many people that's just like 
the cap doesn't mean right. that's always how many people are going to be there. So number five on our list is my pick, and it's Chile and Argentina. Ooh, I want to go too. I how, know. How long have we been talking about a Chile Argentina trip? Well, I mean, it's one of those things. We have so many trips that we've talked about a long time, then we schedule other ones for whatever reason. But eventually, these are going to happen. And I know Chile and Argentina is. We've been talking about doing this as a squad trip for days. Specifically in Argentina, I want to see Iguazu Falls, like that amazing waterfall. Just looks so beautiful and I really want to be there to enjoy that and I also really want to go to Buenos Aires the Paris of South America to see all of that elegant architecture and history there I think that would be really fun to see and enjoy that city but another draw to Argentina and the squad has all talked about this is enjoy wine country in Argentina specifically in Mendoza which is home to the Malbecs Oh, that's my favorite kind of wine. I was going to say, I know Kim is a sucker for Malbec. It's your favorite, oh, right? so good. Yes. And I do want to go wine tasting here really badly. Yes. And then in Chile, I really want to tour Santiago. And the reason that is also drawing me to both Chile and Argentina is Patagonia. And Patagonia stretches over both Argentina and Chile. And this is at the very southern end of South America. And it just has so many beautiful landscapes. You're going to see the Andes mountain range, desert, grasslands, lakes, long coast. It has glaciers and icebergs and there's a ton of national parks. Anywhere you walk in Patagonia, you're going to be incredibly wowed by the stunning scenery. I mean, just think about what you would think of Alaska in the north, you know, like mountain ranges, snow-capped mountains, the glaciers, everything like that. See this here in reverse in the Antarctic area. And I'm not talking obviously Antarctica, but Antarctic in the sense that it is the southern hemisphere. So this is the opposite of what you would think when you think of kind of the Americas, but down here in South America, Argentina, Chile. And I really want to go as a nature lover, like as much as I want to do the other stuff, do the wine tasting, see Buenos Aires and Santiago and everything like that. I'm more intrigued to this area of the world simply for Patagonia. Yeah, it looks amazing. They have a national park named after glaciers. And can you just imagine just being able to walk up and like touch a glacier? Like the last time I was on a glacier, I had to fly a helicopter onto it. I've touched glaciers in Alaska. Same with you guys, right? But in Patagonia? Patagonia. It's a little bit different when it's <laughs> south of the equator and it's a little bit more exotic, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. Soaring mountains, electric blue icebergs, these bright, beautiful lakes. I just, my juices get going, Kim, Ooh. when I think about how beautiful <laughs> it's going to be. There's also a very famous lake called Lake Viedma, and it's one of the largest glacially formed lakes in Patagonia and you can actually take a boat trip on it and just get really amazing views of the glacier and mountains in the background. So not that I'd really want to do this unless I'm leaving from this area to go to Antarctica, but at the southern tip of South America, again, Chile, Argentina, Patagonia area, that portion of the ocean is called Drake's Passage. It's known to be some of the most rough sea waters anywhere on Earth. It's very treacherous to sail in that area. So there are Antarctic cruises that leave from that vicinity, and you would be going through that treacherous water if you were. And I'd be freaked out, but I also think it would be fun kind of at the same time, maybe not for you, Brittany, because I know you'd get seasick out there with those uh, big waves. Yeah, I was just thinking about how I was going to get seasick and then like die in these treacherous waters. Well, don't think of it that way. Bucket list. <laughs> <laughs> hey, squaddies, we want to share one of our favorite travel products with you. Liquid IV is a category winning hydration brand fueling your well-being while traveling. 
One stick fits into 16 ounces of water to give you three times the electrolytes of traditional sports drinks and hydrates you two times faster than water alone. Their half ounce hydration multiplier powder packet is the one product you need in every suitcase, carry-on, and day pack. We use it while flying on planes because flights can be so dehydrating. We use it when we feel jet-lagged, when we're out on a hike, and after a long night out that has us feeling worn out. In just one stick, you get five essential vitamins, B3, B5, B6, B12, and vitamin C. Liquid IV also now comes in 12 delicious and refreshing flavors to keep your hydration routine exciting. Our favorites are the lemon-lime and tangerine with immune support. It's made with premium ingredients, all non-GMO and gluten, dairy, and soy-free. Get 20% off when you go to liquidiv.com and use Travel Squad Podcast at checkout. That's 20% off anything you order when you shop better hydration today using promo code TRAVELSQUADPODCAST at liquidiv.com. Hey, squaddies. Let's take a quick detour to talk about our travel itineraries that we've created just for you. We just launched several new international trip itineraries, including Tulum and Japan. This is on top of the itineraries we already have for U.S. trips like the Hawaiian island of Kauai, the U.S. Virgin Islands, as well as national park trip itineraries, including Utah's Mighty Five National Parks and a week at Grand Teton and Yellowstone. These fully built out 20 to 30 page PDF guides are available for instant download on our site right now. Every detail of the trip is laid out for you, so all you have to do is download, book, show up, and have fun. The itineraries tell you where to fly into, the exact route to take, where to stay, park entrance prices, where to eat, driving distance between attractions, the things to see and do, even the hikes we recommend, their mileage, and the time to allot for each one. And believe it or not, so much more. Be sure to head over to TravelSquadPodcast.com to download your very own comprehensive travel itinerary today. So number six is my pick here, and I'm talking Serengeti National Park in Tanzania. Now, I am a big nature lover. I'm intrigued by the African continent so, so much. Again, we had a bucket list item trip that was checkmarked off when we went to South Africa and did safaris. We're going to have one here coming up soon when we go to Uganda and do the gorilla trek. But I want to get back to Africa and go to the Serengeti. The Serengeti is that famous African plain area where you're going to see literally hundreds of thousands of wildebeest. It has the highest concentration of wildlife in all of Africa. More than 5,000 plus lions are in this area of Africa. 1,000 leopards, the entire big five, which includes elephants, buffalo, again, the lion, leopard, and rhinos are in this area. So you're going to see it all. And this is a spot of the famous Great Migration, where literally over 2 million wildebeest migrate north after calving season. So after they have their babies, it's just so iconic to see that many wild animals on the move. And you're more prone to actually see the big game, like the lions and leopards, because they are there hunting the the babies. babies. Yeah. And I want to see that during that time of year i mean how epic and iconic would that be i know earlier kim you said you're not really too big into safaris but you can't tell me your juices wouldn't get flowing for this (laughs) even though it's not ancient ruins that would be an insane sight to see it'd be kind of scary probably but i mean like something that you just 
cannot see every day. It's amazing. And you haven't been to Africa yet. And you, you know, that was on your list of things, places to go. You skipped out on our South Africa trip. You've chosen not to go on the upcoming Uganda trip. So maybe you'll make it on the Serengeti trip. I would do this one. I would. You know what I'm really excited about? Jamal has told me about this trip. And what really gets me going is the sunrise hot air balloon over the savannah, the vast plains and grasslands and just looking down and seeing all of the beauty beneath you. Is this a gate one or through something else? This is a gate one. Obviously, many, many tour companies will do a Serengeti tour. I haven't really looked into any other companies because you know us here at the squad we fucking love gate one i don't really want to look anywhere else although i'm not going to sit here and say there probably aren't companies that cater specifically to africa that maybe can give a little bit extra but for price point and what i want to do i'm very very happy with the tour that i see gate one provides for serengeti it even continues on from tanzania and goes into kenya to the masai mara area so it's actually two different countries two different national parks but they touch you could almost think of it like like Glacier, and I'm drawing a blank on the Canadian National Park Banff. that's just across the border. No, it's not Banff. Banff is a little bit more north, but Glacier National Park in Montana touches a national park in Canada. You can drive to it. Kind of the same thing here with the Tanzania, Serengeti, and Masamara in Kenya. So I think that would be really, really unique, and uh, I'm sold hard on this one. Well, you're selling me, and I, I'm down for this one. Nice. This will be my Africa redemption. Yeah. Africa redemption. (laughs) Another iconic trip that I would love to take is bumping up the luxury and going like coastal Europe to Saint-Tropez. So south of France, Saint-Tropez, Nice, going to the Amalfi Coast in Italy, hopping over to Croatia, Kirka National Park, where they have these amazing waterfalls you can swim in. Just beautiful. Popping on over to Greece, which I know as a squad, we really want to go to, right, Jamal? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I do want to go to Greece. You know what? I'll, I'm going to say this because I don't want to get off too far from your coastal luxury Europe experience that you're talking about here. I do want to do Greece. It's just not like super, super high when we we're talking next squad trip to Europe. It wasn't my number one is all it was. But I'm not <laughs> a hater on Greece. I want to do Greece. The longest trip I've ever taken is maybe like 12 days. I really haven't taken anything longer than that. So for something like this, I want to go a full month and I want to go to these four different places and spend like a week in each one. And I want to live a life of luxury. I want yachts. I want to read books and drink a Aperol Spritz along the coast and do literally nothing but just enjoy life. And when you were in Italy last time, you were talking about like, oh, 10 euro wine jugs. You're talking 100 euro wine jugs now, Kim. You're talking about like the real opulent step up, right? And obviously, like we're talking bucket list. This might not be any time in my 30s. And maybe I'll go to some of these places, not like this exact trip. We not can the make tour. it happen, you know. For I sure. I think that we are going to develop a really great business out of all of this. And we're going to be able to take these month-long excursions. Yeah, you know, our weekend trips that we're going to start hosting are going to really pop off. And then who knows? It's going to get wild. Maybe we'll start doing guided tours to luxury Southern Europe coastal experiences and it's just going to take off. If you can dream it, you can do it right. And I am going to dream this bucket list trip up for myself. So next on our list is actually Hong Kong Disneyland. And the reason why is because Jamal and I have a goal to make it to all of the Disney parks in the world. And we actually had this trip 
planned to go, but we had it booked for March of 2020. And as you all know, COVID shut down the world and it canceled our trip. And Hong Kong to this day still is not open unless you want to quarantine for 14 days. So we haven't been able to go back and do this one. So we did have it booked and we were super pumped and excited. We actually even have a like Disney pin. If you are a Disney person, you know all about their like their little pins and collection items. They have one for all of the Disney parks. And so it has Hong Kong on it. It's Mickey holding a suitcase, super excited for it. And we will get there. I'm still so bummed out. It's still on this list. It should have already had a fucking check mark if it wasn't for COVID, but I cannot wait to get here. The irony is Hong Kong Disneyland, I've read online is probably the worst Disney park that there (laughs) actually is. So it kind of sucks finishing off my bucket list Disney park checklist with the worst one but again reviews are subjective i read tons of reviews online on lots of other stuff and i'm just like what are people talking about case in point maui everyone talks about maui i'm just gonna rag on it real quick Mm -hmm. don't find it to be a fan so maybe the situation (laughs) is in reverse here where they're like oh hong kong disneyland and i'm gonna be pleasantly surprised but point being i cannot wait to hit this one i cannot wait to take my disney lanyard that has all my pins from every fucking disney park and just hang it up and have it as part of my collection and my home for travel. I am so, so pumped about this one. Can't wait to check it off. And Chinese government, if you're listening to me, man, open up. I'm ready to go. (laughs) I'm ready to go. I know we said specifically Disneyland, but you know, Hong Kong in general, I would love to try some authentic dim sum in China, specifically on Hong Kong. I think that would be really cool. There's a lot to see in Hong Kong too. We actually were going to do this on a pretty quick trip. We were planning on only staying about three full days there and just kind of making it a quick trip specifically to go to Disneyland. So when everything opens back up and we're able to go, you know that this is going to be on this list. And I know Kasha, you're listening. She's been one of our uh, honorary squad members. She has put dibs on going with us on this trip. And every time we bring it up, she's like, don't forget, I'm going to go. I haven't forgotten. (laughs) Well, they were with us when we did Shanghai Disneyland, as well as you were there with us, Kim. And let me say this. China is rocking Shanghai Disney real, real fucking hard. That is the best Disney park I have ever, ever been to. So I'm not even going to lie. My thought process is once we go to Hong Kong, finish it up, get the supposedly not best one out of the way, and then just hop over to Shanghai and go to Shanghai Disney again and ride Pirates. And if you don't know what Pirates in Shanghai Disneyland looks like, don't even look at it because if you're going to stay here and only do the American ones, you're going to do yourself a disservice and don't be jealous. But that's all I have to say. Shanghai on the way to after Hong Kong. (laughs) So number nine, my pick here is going to be the Arctic. Now, I think it would be so fucking cool to go to some place that is so, so remote that very few humans have ever stepped foot or seen certain places of the world. And the Arctic, to an extent, is really the last frontier in that way. And I'm not even going to be picky. I'm talking about the Alaskan Arctic. I'm talking even about going to Russia and doing the Siberian Arctic and the tundra that they have out there. Anywhere north of the Arctic Circle, I really want to do. And I think it would be absolutely epic. In Russia, it would be awesome. You can go see polar bears up in that area. You have the Arctic tundra and like grasslands that are open during the summer. During winter, it would be frozen over. Don't 
don't know if I could really handle it during the winter, but I think Alaska would also be really cool for that because there are two national parks in Alaska that are north of the Arctic Circle, and they have guided tours that you can do. You would fly from the nearest big city, which would be Fairbanks, Alaska, and they do week-long trips out there and guided tours. You're going to fly in on a bush plane. You're going to have your own pack. You're going to raft down rivers to your next camp from night to night, do some hiking, come across some brown bears and grizzly bears out there, other type of like big game. So I think it would be absolutely epic to go on a journey where you really know you're going to see no other people except for the people that you came in here with. You were so passionate about that, Jamal. I am passionate about that. I mean, how many people have ever set foot into those regions of the world? And you're just going to be here and be on the nature, the scenic beauty and the wildlife, just to be in a spot where very few humans will actually ever set foot, I think to me is the most intriguing thing of that. I think the most intriguing thing for you is that you want to verify the earth is round and not flat. <laughs> I would need to go to Antarctica for that. That's where you really need to go, not the Arctic. You need to go to the Antarctic for that. And that's not on your bucket list? Oh, it is on the bucket list, but it's very, very hard to get to that region of the world. And that's another reason why, you know, it's going to be hard to verify. They actually limit <laughs> your ability to go there. They have tours that go there, but you don't really go there when you go on those tours. You go to a few islands chains you don't really get set foot on land and all that hoopla so you know we're going down a deep hole now kim that you brought up but i'm, <laughs> I'm very intrigued for that that is on the list too are we gonna see polar bears polar bears we can definitely see polar bears absolutely do you know what to do if you see a polar bear fucking run no yes. i'm just kidding that's the thing is like you run as fast as you can like black bears we've gone over this black bears you can kind of scare away grizzly yell, bears get big. yeah yell get big grizzly bears you kind of want to back away back away <laughs> yeah you you don't want to challenge them. They'll take that as a challenge and fuck you up. And then polar bears, like, run. They will come and hunt you down. Are they not fast or? No, they're fast. They're fast. But uh, <laughs> that's really your only option. Polar bears are way more massive than grizzlies. If you actually look at a scale side by side of a black bear to a grizzly to a polar, oh my God, the polar bear is outrageous. I've seen one at the San Diego Zoo and it's the cutest thing playing with its little ball in the water. Yeah, they're captive. Uh, you put yourself <laughs> in front of a wild one. I wouldn't want to deal with I anything wouldn't like either, that. I would either, but you're, you, this is your trip. Yeah, I saw an article and it was talking about someone like staying in the Arctic in that region. I think it was in Alaska and they were staying in a little hut kind of doing surveillance of the area. And there was a polar bear that was going to the hut, trying to get inside to like eat him and stalking it every single day. I don't want to go that far north. You know, I'll stay in the area where there's still like kind of grizzlies and brown bears and we'll call it even at that. But in Russia, we'll maybe see the polar bears a little bit more than you'd see them in Alaska. Those are some amazing trips. There is so much to do out in this world. For our last bucket list trip of our list, I want to talk about one trip that we absolutely want to do as a squad. One we've been talking about for so long that you can only see certain times of the year. Well, you could go all year long, but what is it? Iceland. We have been talking about Iceland for quite some time, and there's a few things that we definitely want to do. We definitely want to hit up the Blue Lagoon, just being in those like thermal waters and that spa, just being surrounded by all of that beauty and just having that luxurious experience, I think that would be really fun. I want to have a face mask in the Blue Lagoon and pop out in my robe and just have a whole day with it. Do a hair mask and a face mask. Oh, be amazing. We also want to see the Northern Lights. 
And you can only experience the northern lights during like the winter months. Which means it's going to be cold. But to see these greens and blues and yellows, like it is insane to see that kind of thing in the sky. Mm -hmm. And it just kind of shows you like the earth really is round. And (laughs) maybe (laughs) I don't know about that. And space is just like literally out there. It's real. I mean, ask uh, Jeff Bezos. (laughs) (laughs) Or Elon for that matter. No, I mean, Northern Lights, I've only seen them in pictures, but I can only imagine what that would be like to see in real life. I would love to stay in one of those what look like little bubbles, essentially, where the top is completely clear and you can fall asleep looking up to the Northern Lights. That would be an amazing experience. I know that they have them. I'm sure they have them in Iceland, but I've seen them in like Norway, Scandinavia area, those other areas as well. I feel like I'd have to go to Iceland twice, once in the winter to experience like the Northern Lights and dip into the Blue Lagoon, but also in the summer to go to like the black sand beaches and hike some of those amazing waterfalls and drive the like volcanic crater roads and stuff. Well, yeah, because I mean, we mentioned the Northern Lights, which I think all of us really, really want to see. How could you not want to see something like that? It's literally a show in the sky and you could only see it at certain latitudes. I mean, it's intense. If you don't know what they look like, just Google it. Blue lagoon we're suckers for hot springs how do you not want to be in some hot springs looking at some natural beautiful beauty around you snow-capped areas but what also makes iceland really unique is its volcanic activity as a matter of fact that is the splitting location of two plates the pacific plate and the atlantic plate and you can actually do a little scuba dive session between and actually touch from one side to the other and that's actually where the earth is now splitting and we have a divergent plate boundary and you could touch two different technically continents in that sense because it is the splitting of the tectonic plates in that area. So lots of volcanic activity, lots of scenic beauty being up north with the northern lights, the hot springs, everything. And you're right, Brittany, you have to go, if not twice, more times, but yes, during the seasons to see it in winter and during the summer. Mm-hmm. And I really think that was a good list that we gave here for you guys that we really have. And we are very, very interested in hearing what are some of your bucket list destinations. If we didn't mention anything on here that you're intrigued about, let us know. I really do want to know here what you guys think and give us some feedback or maybe give us locations that we don't even know about. But we talked about places and bucket list locations that we have. But let's list like overall general goals a little bit. Like, for example, I know it is on our bucket list to visit every national park in the U.S., right? Absolutely. Yeah, I would love to go to every single national park. I actually have a little booklet that you can put little sticker stamps in to document all of your journeys to these national parks. And I can't wait to go to every single one. I have a gaping hole in Alaska because they have like eight or nine national parks that we haven't been to. So that's been on our list. And Kim, you kind of briefly touched on this earlier. You mentioned that you'd like to go to every state. Yeah, every state. I want to scratch that off my map. But there's there's also just really, really cool things to see in every single state mm-hmm. in this country. Another bucket list overall goal would be to visit every continent. I mean, you know, we mentioned Australia on here. I think that's one that often people forget. And we talked about Antarctica. And maybe from there, Kim, I can verify, uh, are we a globe <laughs> or not, I guess. <laughs> I haven't been to Africa. I would love to go to that continent. Yeah. So Serengeti. So I think we've decided we're going to Egypt. We're going to Chile and Argentina. Mm -hmm. And well, obviously Iceland, because that's bucket list gold together as a group that we've picked. And then obviously the Serengeti for Africa for you. We're doing it. 
Yeah, and then we kind of briefly mentioned this, that we have already completed one of our bucket list items. The squad's first bucket list trip was to hike the Inca Trail to Machu Picchu. That was actually one of our first trips together as a squad. And so we were able to complete that. And that was one of the most amazing experiences we had. And I'll say too, if it wasn't for that bucket list experience and the looming threat to its existence or its accessibility that lit a fire under us to go, we might not even have that this podcast at Mm -hmm. this point, because that's really what kicked off us traveling together and then where we're at right now. So use that as inspiration. If you and your friends or your family are talking about, I really want to go there. I've always wanted to go there. Plan that trip, make it happen. Go there, get the information, put it in front of them, see if they're down, get a date on the calendar, like take the steps to put it in motion because you won't regret it. You won't regret it. And quite honestly, the biggest hindrance, even though I will attest and agree that there are difficulties in life, but the biggest thing holding you back from actually taking the trip is yourself, not your job, not money. And yes, those things definitely come into play. But if you want to make it happen, like you're talking about, do something with some friends, you know, you split costs that way. Maybe it's plane tickets. Yeah, you got to front all yourself. But in terms of hotels, food and other things you can split. So make it definitely happen. And you're right. Take this initiative hearing this. Hopefully we've inspired you with some other bucket list destinations that you're thinking of, or even some on this list that have intrigued you and just go out and do it. And before we let you go, we have one question of the week. What is the least and most you've ever spent on a vacation? Ooh, those are some tough questions. Well, we did mention that we have booked our bucket list trip to Uganda for that wildlife exploration. And I want to say that was about $6,000 per person. So pro- that's probably the most we've ever spent on our trip. When we went to South Africa, it was about 4500 per person. But you know, when we book these, this includes our flights, our hotels, our transportation, our entrance fees to everything. Our food. Our food. And so when you're in these captive places, you know, when we're in the jungle of Africa, if you were to pay on your own, you one, you might not be able to find anything on your own. And two, it's kind of a captive audience. So you don't know how much those meals are going to be. I know that you guys leveraged a bonus of some sort to do this. And so that's just a really good example too. Like if you get an end of year bonus or Mm -hmm. tax return. Yeah. Use that extra money to splurge on a trip, perhaps. Yep, that's exactly why we did it. I want to say like the least we've ever spent on vacation. I mean, how long are you talking? Are you talking about a weekender? Because Jamal and I have gone on road trips that we've spent less than like $500 for using our car and then hotels and meals. Well, Even let, less than that. Let's talk about something maybe that we've actually flown though, because I think, you know, a weekender road trip or something like that. I mean, obviously that can really vary, but in yeah, terms of like a- I wouldn't say a vacation is a weekend road trip. Right, so a vacation. I would maybe even say, quite honestly, it was China, which was another guided tour Mm -hmm. that included pretty much every meal, all their flights, hotels, like $1,300 per person for eight days in another country, all inclusive. You can't go wrong on that. I would maybe say that's the cheapest. Oh, you're right. About the same. I think it was a little little bit less. I think it was maybe like $1,150 or $1,200 or something. 
something like that. And that was also an eight-day trip, too. So you're right. That one was maybe a little bit cheaper. Well, we had to fly to Florida for that, too. So a little bit added on to that. The cheapest I think I ever spent was our Cuba trip. Oh, I, Cuba. The, the flight to Cuba, I think, maybe was around... God, I want to say like 500 round trip and I only had $700 spending money. I remember that. So I think, yeah, it was probably about the same, like around the 1200 mark for an eight day trip to Cuba. And that included your flights from San Diego to Florida, then to Cuba, that price that you and gave? And hotels, Airbnbs, nice. all the money we spent there on everything. Very solid. You definitely can get week longs or a little bit longer for a really, really good price in that sense. And that includes flights, meals, hotels, everything like that. You just really got to plan accordingly, but it's definitely, definitely doable. So I would say on the low cost end, that's what we're talking about. We've said what, like 1200 1300 On the high end, obviously, Brittany just mentioned what she did for us, 6000 a person. But Kim, what about you? You didn't say you're most expensive. I don't think I've really ever spent a lot on a trip. What about when you went to Italy? In I mean, even Italy, I think our flight was around 400. Good deal. Yeah, Round trip. very, very good deal. Yes, yeah, so that's we got a, a hard really moment. good price on that one. Well, what's the most you spent on an experience? The most I ever spent on experience was definitely Dubai tasting. Was it like 300 bucks for that tasting dinner? Oh, yes. That was probably the most like single experience I ever paid, but I would do it again. Underwater aquarium restaurant with a live pianist singing every song we asked for. Nine course tasting experience in Dubai. And they catered it to you because some of the food items you didn't eat. So even though it was a prefix menu, they altered it based off of your, I don't want to even say dietary restrictions, your dietary (laughs) pickiness. But that's a-okay. We like what we like, right? That's right. So yes, that was definitely a splurge. The hotel was also like pretty expensive too, but I mean... When in Dubai? I mean, you can't go cheap in Dubai. You balance it with less expensive things. You splurge on more expensive things, but I don't... I think most of my trips have come in around that China, Ecuador kind of pricing. Well, maybe now that we're talking about it was Dubai. We had to buy the secondary tickets from Lebanon to Dubai. The Atlantis Hotel was expensive. We paid for the Camel Rice Sun Trek through Viator, and it wasn't outrageous, but the and the meals on top of it that we did. Mm-hmm. So maybe even it could have been Dubai for you on that list. We were only there for two days though. So if you add it all up, maybe not, but, but yeah, like on average then maybe exactly, exactly. So I'm all about luxury experiences, but I'm not going on like a two week luxury vacation, at least not yet. I will for sure. We will mark my words. I was going to say <laughs> that uh, Mediterranean European coastal trip will be that oh, one yeah. for you. All right, squatties, thank you so much for dreaming with us on this week's episode. Make sure to follow us on Instagram and TikTok at Travel Squad Podcast and send us in your questions of the week. If you found the information in this episode to be useful or if you thought we were just plain funny, please be sure to share it with a friend that would enjoy it too. And as always, please subscribe, rate and review our podcast and tune in every Travel Tuesday for new episodes. Stay tuned for next week's episode. We have some more exciting adventures and tips in store for you. Bye, Bye, everybody.